The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit up the guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hour two, T-Row in the morning show on a Wednesday, final day of May. Toby and TJ back with you. I'm headed to Charlottesville, Virginia this afternoon. Sooners will practice tomorrow, play Friday, opening day of the NCAA baseball tournament, 6 o'clock Friday night against East Carolina. The Women's College World Series starts tomorrow. Sooners in action tomorrow at 1.30. It's already almost Thursday this week, TJ. Having Monday off is great. We should do that every we week. Should, we should uh, get with Teddy Lehman and have him negotiate that for us. What a genius he is, huh? <laughs> Just OU think, Stanford. he had Friday and then turned around and had Monday off. Think about that. You. He's figured it out, man. He has figured it out. Uh, OU Stanford, 1.30 tomorrow. OSU Florida State. At uh, 6 o'clock tomorrow, I'm sure today we'll have wall-to-wall press conferences out of Hall of Fame Stadium as uh, everybody gets ready for the action tomorrow. I put out a tweet last night. It works so well in Spokane, Tej. I asked for restaurant recommendations in Spokane, thinking maybe I had a follower who had at some point in their life spent some time in Spokane. and I was shocked. I was flooded with recommendations. And uh, tried out two or three of them, and it was great. So uh, last night I said, how about some Charlottesville restaurant recommendations? And uh, thank you very much to the listeners. Uh, let's see here. Um, Jim Neald suggested Waffle House. Uh, <laughs> it is Austin, Austin said the McDonald's there is pretty good. Uh, somebody named Rando uh, said Red Lobster, and Ape actually gave me the uh, Google map on how to get to Red Lobster. Thank you for that. Uh, Jordan Fisher suggested the BK Lounge. Thank you for that. Appreciate all those. I actually did get some real recommendations. The ones that do like the McDonald's and Waffle House, do they sit there and giggle at themselves thinking yeah. that they're creative and really funny by putting down McDonald's? Yeah, that's what they think, yeah. There Come was on. a Come on, guys. There was a follower named Beavis who responded to something with a smart aleck way the other day. Uh, that's what I imagine that they're, they're like. <laughs> they tweet McDonald's and then they uh, <laughs> chuckle. I know what it was. It was uh, uh, I, I, before the selection. I, I, I was like tweeted out a couple of times, like uh, last four in, first four out. You know, just kind of some of the updates of what D1 baseball is saying and things. 
And uh, Beavis replied something about if they had won more games, they wouldn't be in this situation. I was like, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Beavis. Brilliant. Are you? Hang on. You're saying if you're on the bubble and you won more games, you wouldn't be on the bubble? Is that what you're telling me, <laughs> Beavis? I sit, so. I sit there and take that McDonald's shot, and somewhere OJ's sitting in a golf club with his friends like, does this TJ Perry 1400 think it's funny when he quote tweets me, you killed it on that take, Juice? <laughs> the, you know you know OJ Simpson's talking about you. And Jose Canseco. This TJ Perry guy will not get off my back. I own a car wash, okay? Leave me alone. Uh, Hannah Scholl, who must be a meteorologist at Channel 9, I mean, she is, that's what it says in her bio, must have gone to Virginia because she's got all kinds of great recommendations. Like, every, here's where you go for breakfast, here's where you go for Thai. I wasn't planning on eating Thai while I was there, but if I want to, I got a recommendation now for it. Here's where I go for brunch. Here's where I go for Italian. I mean, she knows every restaurant wow. in town. Yeah. So, thank you, Hannah. Anyway, appreciate that to uh, all the followers out there. If there are any listeners that uh, have any wrecks, hopefully we'll be there long enough to be able to take in two or three or four. How about the uh, Pete Hughes statement yesterday? That was well-received. Which one? Oh, you didn't see? I don't know. He, he issued a statement about, well, I'll find it and read it to you. Um, I saw something from K-State. Maybe it was from Pete and I just didn't realize it. Let me see if I can find it here. Okay, here we go. This was uh, put out on the official K-State baseball site. It's a statement from Pete Hughes following NCAA baseball selections. The Division I baseball committee and the system failed K-State, our program, and our seniors. It was obvious that the committee overemphasized the RPI, a flawed metric. The regional disparities of the RPI are glaring, and still were used as a tool to form, shape, and make decisions. The most important criteria that has zero gray area is head-to-head -head competition. It's definitive. Someone wins and someone loses. We were left out in place of two teams that we finished ahead of in overall conference play and also two teams we beat head-to-head. -head. Why play the games if the records are not valued? When did we stop rewarding winning? It's inexplicable and disappointing. Our players and community deserved better. Okay, yeah, I did see that yesterday. I didn't realize it was Pete. I just saw someone uh, going after him. So, um, I don't know that I totally disagree with him on some of that. Like, I don't know how else you can do it in certain ways you've got to have some type of metrics but there are a lot of people that don't believe in the rpi and the way that it's structured so kendall rogers was hammering it on monday when the selections were coming down so well i've been saying for years the rpi is slanted toward the s it, it's slanted toward the sec and not intentionally slanted toward the sec but the the rankings come out at the beginning of the year and all the SEC teams are ranked high. Sure. And then they all play each other. 
Hang on a second, TJ. Talk to the people for a second, okay? He's going to say then they all play each other. It doesn't affect them in many cases. It causes them to go up. Um, that's That's been a big problem with it for a while now is how heavily thought of the SEC is and, and should be in certain situations. But then the RPI uh, benefits them throughout the year, and they build off of that. So I get what Pete's saying. And, you know, Pete and them were battling OU for that final spot, obviously, or one of those final spots. All right, All right sorry. I'm sure what you just said was dead on. Well, Doba. I was just saying, like, he's got a point in the fact that, you know, they know they were battling OU for that spot. They know what the results were on the field, so I can get mm-hmm. why he feels that way. But OU's schedule overall was so much better than K-State's. So you got to take the whole body of work, not one weekend. I completely get his disappointment. Sure. I, if I'm a K-State fan, I'm disappointed, and I'm, I'm saying exactly what they're saying. How come that team got in and we didn't? We beat them. We swept them. We finished two spots higher than them. This is ridiculous. And the RPI is flawed, and we should strive to come up with a better system. I think they did do it in basketball. I think the net is better than the RPI. And I don't know what the net metrics are. I don't know why you can't apply that to baseball. I I don't know why it wouldn't work in a different sport. I don't know what the formula is. So maybe it it, – adds in the number of dribbles a team takes, and so that doesn't work in baseball. I don't know. But the RPI, you know, you start ranked high, and then you play a bunch of teams that also start ranked high, and it just kind of churns on itself, and you're getting rewarded. So there is some flaw there. However, the the thing that is not mentioned in the statement that cannot be ignored is that Kansas State, by their own choosing, played a terrible schedule this year. They did it to themselves. And that was evident coming down the stretch when they struggled, and you realized that was what was going to bite them, perhaps. Their team and the way they played in conference was good enough to get in. But the totality of their season just wasn't. And you cannot say, you cannot piece together an NCAA tournament saying, well, this team beat that team, so we got to have this team ahead of that team because this team beat that team. Because you know what? It doesn't work like that. OU swept Texas. Should OU be seated higher than Texas? No, they're not as good as Texas. Of course not. They did not have as good of a season as Texas had. They had a better weekend than they did. But Texas is a two seed, OU is a three seed, and that's the way it should be because Texas had a better year than OU despite the fact OU went to Austin and swept them. OU split a pair with Stanford. Should OU be the same seed as Stanford because they split a pair with them? Of course not. Stanford is a top eight national seed, had a tremendous season. OU did not have near as good of a season. They're rightfully a three. So what happened on one weekend is not the totality of a season. Uh... Kansas State in non-conference played four games against Stephen F. Austin, one against Lamar, uh, Omaha, Stone Hill. They had two games against Stone Hill. They're 289 in the RPI. They had a series against Youngstown State. They're 253. They had two games against St. Thomas. They're 293. 
TJ, there's like 300 teams. St. Thomas is 293 in the RPI. I mean, it's it's not, hey, it wasn't that great of a non-con. It was a god-awful non-conference schedule. Terrible. And it's not like, well, we thought this team was going to be good. Nobody thought Stephen F. Austin, Lamar, Omaha, Youngstown State, and St. Thomas were going to be any good this year. (laughs) Nobody. What? I thought St. Thomas was looking beautiful. Gonzaga, for example, turned out to not be a very good team this year. But you could have thought going into this year that would be a good series because last year they were really good. Last year they were a two-seed in the NCAA tournament good. There's not a team on here that you can say, well, in hindsight, we thought we had scheduled a good series here, but no. So, you know, when you point one finger at somebody else, there's four pointing back at you. Isn't that the old saying or something like that? you got to know how it works. you got to, if you want any kind of bubble credit, you've got to know how to game the system a little bit until there's a different system. So, I don't know. I get it. I'm not – I would be saying the exact same thing if I'm a Kansas State fan. It would be very disappointing that they didn't get in. But it isn't OU that bumped them out in the end. Like, they should be mad at Arizona before they're mad at OU or Louisiana. Like, I don't think OU was near the last team. I mean, they were at best third from last in. Kansas State's got an argument against, a better argument against Arizona than they do against Oklahoma based on the metrics. We're just the easy target because of that weekend where they played one game in an ice storm and another game where the strike zone got really weird in the ninth inning. Those are excuses from a loser. I get it, but, like, it was a weird weekend. You remember that, TJ. You're like, come on now. So, anyway, he got obviously killed by I would tell him sooner too, baseball army. The couple of late losses where he played his catcher at second base no, that didn't and his happen. third baseman um, at, uh, you know, as his closer, uh, those were not the, those did not work out well for him. Those, they had a good team. I um, they had a really good team this year, but I think a lot of that was masked by cause of. They just piled up wins against really bad well, teams. They they won some conference games too. They won now. some conference games and they they swept Oklahoma. I won't take that away from them. I don't think they sweep Oklahoma if Oklahoma's fully healthy in that series. Two of those losses were one runs. Yep. I just don't think the games go the same way if they were fully healthy. Yeah. I think the committee looks at that too when they're looking at things and evaluating. Well, they're supposed to. They're supposed to. Um and take that as an excuse if you want, but that's just I think overall, Oklahoma's a better team. Kendall Rogers think, disagrees. He thinks K-State was the better team. Yeah. Yeah, he and some other people have kind of come out and said, well, you can easily see K-State's a better team. Uh, really? I don't know if that's true at all. I mean, I they got a couple of nice pieces, but I think that closer's really good. And uh, Goodwin's a nice player. Culpepper's a nice player. But I'll stack 
John Spikerman and Dakota Harris and Anthony McKenzie and Bryce Madrin and Easton Carmichael and Braden Carmichael and Carter Campbell and Will Clarston, the way he played at the end of the year, and Jackson Nicholas and Kendall Pettis. And I don't know if it's cut and dry that Kansas State's a better team than OU. They definitely had a better weekend on that one weekend. But they also lost two of three to Texas. OU swept Texas. So we can start comparing weekends, other weekends, <laughs> if you want to go, you know, head to head here and there. Well, I'm not here to argue that they're better. I think if I'm the head coach at K State, I do exactly what Pete did. Like, oh, sure. Coming absolutely. out and defending, that, like, you're, that, you're speaking to your fan base there, right? And your team. I got your back. I think you should have been in. I'm going to release a statement that I think you should have been in. And if I'm a K-State fan, I'm loving it. And if you're a Sooner fan, obviously you're not. We'll take a break. Back after this. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment. The one for games. The one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. T-Row in the Morning Show, Toby and TJ back with you. This hour brought to you by Black Thunder Roofing, your local roofer. They don't come in from out of town, steal your money, steal your shingles. They are locally owned and operated, serving the whole metro area, Shawnee, Yukon, Mustang, offices out of Norman and Edmond, your local roofer, Black yeah. Thunder BlackThunderRoofing.com. I'm going to need their number, by the way. 405-473-8028. Thank you. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Um, It hurts some teams that a sub-500 team wins their conference tournament, such as Tulane, this texter says. So there were a couple of bids stolen. That's called a bid stealer. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Those happen every year. There are only three this year, so that's a relatively small number. There have been as many as seven. None of the Power Five conferences, none of the major conferences had a bid stealer this year. Uh, Big 12, SEC, ACC, Big 10, Pac-12, all those tournaments were won by teams that were already going to be in the field, so yes, Tulane did take a spot from somebody. I think probably UC Irvine was in front of K-State. Just my guess. But um, fortunately for Oklahoma, perhaps, there were a small number of bid stealers this year. This will continue to happen again to K-State. Pete will keep scheduling cupcakes to fatten up his overall win total but have a crappy RPI all season, then hope he can make some noise in the conference. He did the same bleeping thing at OU. Sooner baseball fans know all about it. We told K-State fans this is how Pete operates. Then he's got a kid with cupcake all over his face here. Yeah, there was... And I'll have to go back and look at the schedule of those years. There was certainly a different philosophy between Pete and Skip. And Skip has basically turned it over to Ryan. And Ryan was doing the scheduling back then, too. But I think Pete was a lot more hands-on than Skip is. Skip's like, listen, I'm, I got my hands full coaching. You know what you're doing. You just tell me who we play and when we play. And and maybe from time to time he chimes in. But 
my impression when Pete was here is that Pete was a lot more hands-on. We, we used to see a lot of East Coast teams come in here. Remember that? Um, Central Connecticut or Boston College, which Boston College is a really good program this year, but uh, a lot of that kind of stuff was going on. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll continue this way. Maybe this is the exact thing that needed to happen for for it to change, although OU did finish third in the Big 12 one year and didn't get in when Pete was here. So mm-hmm. can you imagine that? Like this year, can you imagine finishing third and not getting in? With the schedule he played? Yeah, I can. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, K-State should be more angry with East Carolina than anyone else. That's what Clearwater Sooner says. East Carolina lost to Tulane. Uh, that K-State Utah School of Dentistry was a humdinger of a series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike says, KSU uses the same scheduling method for football. Never worked for them there either. The mild kitties aren't very good learners. Hmm. That's all you say. You got, hmm. Well... I mean, <laughs> they're just kind of echoing what we were saying. There, right, is right. You got to schedule better than that, and it's not like I've heard the phrase "intent to schedule" from the committee some lately, and that's exactly what we were talking about. Listen, when they played this team, they intended for that to be a good series, right? It looked like on paper this is going to be a good series. It's not their fault that opponent didn't end up being good this year. The intent was there, though. You cannot look at the Kansas State schedule and say, well, their intent was good. They did have a series at UC Irvine. That was a good series, a good non-conference series. But other than that, you can't look at the rest of their schedule and say there was intent. They just brought in a lot of rum-dums that they knew were going to be rum-dums. Good team. Should have scheduled better. That team deserved to be in the NCAA tournament. If they had scheduled better, they would be. Because they would have they would have won plenty of games against, you know, quality non-conference opponents to get in. If I was a player at K-State, I would be mad that we didn't schedule better. Yeah, it's kind of on on your coach and uh what they just, their philosophy. So, uh, Jeremy Analtis, by the way, says thanks for the dinner suggestion. Bear Tooth Barbecue was amazing. Great. He's the one in West Yellowstone. That's right. Yeah, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, Johnny Baseball's in this morning. He says, Fire Pete Hughes. Oh, boy. <laughs> Johnny, who I love, might have a bit of a Pete Hughes problem. <laughs> he might. Have an addiction. Uh, this one must be a suggestion for you. Mel's Cafe and Public Fish and Oyster. Those are two it separate places, I think. Yeah. Mel's Cafe was, uh, uh, what was the show? Mel's Alice? Diner. Yeah, that was Mel's Diner. Mel's Diner, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Intriguing, intriguing. Thank you. I don't you. think Mel, uh, Alice uh, is a show that could be made in today's world. Why is that? I can't. I don't, I, think, I don't really I don't remember think, other uh, than she was a waitress. I don't think that uh, Mel would be. They, uh, people would accept Mel and his uh, his ways. Was he a bit of a chauvinist pig? Chauvinist pig, yeah. 
What toots. was the actress? Did, actresses... did he call him lots of lots of toots? Hey, toots, your eggs are up. Uh, I don't really remember the show that well, but I believe you. What was the actress's name that was Alice? Uh, Linda Lavin. Wow, I shouldn't have pulled that off the top of my head that quickly. <laughs> we went to Los Angeles when I was mm, maybe 11. It was either 7 or 11. It was either 1980 or 1984 for the Nazarene General Assembly. And uh, far and away, the biggest plane flight I had ever taken in my life, you know. And we land in uh, uh, LAX, and Linda Lavin is waiting on her (laughs) luggage. And I was like, this is like, we just landed, and there's a TV star. There's a star, yeah, you're going to see them everywhere. This is going to be unbelievable. Everywhere I turn, there are going to be stars. That's Alice. Because at the time, that show was on television. And uh, that's the only person that we saw that I recognized the whole time we were in Los Angeles. But I'll never forget that, sitting at the LAX, waiting on bags, going, Dad, that's Alice. Pretty exciting. Hey, it's it stayed with you all these years. Yeah. Uh, JJ Red Hot has the best hot dogs in the world, much less the U.S. of A. Okay. Yeah, it's in Charlottesville, I assume. I assume that's what they're meaning with that. Yeah, JJ Red Hots. Okay. All right. Uh, Toby, have you, you ever heard- go out for hot dogs? Like, I don't know if I've ever eaten a hot dog anywhere other than a ballpark. Uh, or in, Sonic, like, my back I, you know, porch. chili cheese Coney, uh, you know, yeah, I used to tear true. those up back in the day. That's true. Um, I know, uh, Coney Island and, uh, all those places in Tulsa people love. There was a place here in Norman. I wasn't a huge fan of, but my, uh, cousin I've never and been Drake to Coney Island. I, I, I never think about that when I'm in the nine one eight. Yeah. I hear it's awesome though. There's two of them and. Isn't the other one the Islander or whatever it is, and the people disagree on what's better, which one's better. But yeah, some people like live at those type of places. But um, hmm. outside of Sonic, I don't think I've really ever. Okay, good. Uh, These are good suggestions. That out. Yeah, thank you, uh, Toby. Have you heard how Wyatt Old is doing by chance? That Steve and Choctaw. I have not. I have not. Uh, Cal, about midway through the season, brought me a list of where Sooners are in the in the minor leagues. And uh, his name was not on that list. I don't know if he just forgot to look him up or if he's not in baseball. I assume he's still in baseball somewhere, but uh, I don't know where Wyatt is. Sorry, maybe somebody listening can, can help us out. 734, we're reading the news next. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Hi, TJ. Last day of May, and if you're ready, it's time to read the news. It's time to read the news. Hakka, hakka, gaga. I like this one. I like that. That's a little, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of gentle. I kind of like the uh, regal. Regal. Sound that's what I was about to say. It makes you sound regal. Yeah. 
OU landed another basketball transfer yesterday, TJ. He is from Georgia Tech. What can you tell us about this young man? Uh, Jalen Moore will be coming to the Sooners. 6'7", 210-pound athletic wing. Worked his way into the uh, a regular rotation with Georgia Tech last year as a sophomore, improving quite a bit over his freshman season, averaging around seven point, uh, a point a game, seven, eight points a game, uh, five boards a game. Um, as I said, athletic wing can play, uh, in if he needs to, but, uh, we'll, uh, be able to take people out on the perimeter and stuff too. So, uh, a lot of upside with this kid from a lot of people are saying didn't start playing basketball until he was 13 years old. So still new to the game. And, um, a lot of people think he's got a lot of upside if he can continue to develop. So. I was looking at the list, uh, like what the team looks like right now. They got room for one more if they want it. But, yeah, it is a complete overhaul, and that word keeps coming up, right? Athletic. Athletic, long, athletic, quick. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Uh, We'll have to see how it fits. I mean, that's the thing. Chemistry, somebody's got to score. Sounds like they're bringing in a – they either have or are bringing in a, a shooter from the, uh, I think it was Rutgers that they're looking at. Um, so it's all got to fit, but they have definitely gotten more athletic. Doesn't mean they're going to win more games, but I think we all agreed it, it needed to be done after last season. So. Colorado has been in, quote, substantive talks with the Big 12 about possibly joining the conference. A source with knowledge of the discussions told CBS Sports, while the move out of the Pac-12 is not assured, Colorado is performing due diligence to determine whether to return the conference to the conference it once called home. All right, uh, two sides to this. One, if you are the Big 12, do you want Colorado, TJ? You want Colorado right now with the hype around them. The problem is... If Dion does turn things around and successful, does he stay there very long? And then they drop back to being what they've been um, over the last decade or so, and then they're not really relevant anymore. So I get why they would want to be discussing with them right now with the uh, national hype and stuff that's around Colorado and Dion Sanders. And Barry Trammell bring- reported last week Colorado was ready to join. I'm just like uh, waiting for the Big 12's official mm-hmm. invite. Right. If you're Colorado, is the Big 12 a better situation for you than your current yes. situation? Yes. Yeah, especially yeah. once USC and UCLA are gone and perhaps, you know, Utah and Oregon and the others that are discussing the Big 10. So absolutely it is. I've got nostalgia for Colorado. I do, too. And I would love to see them be an elite program again and and, and kind of be what they were. When they were in the Big Eight, I mean that. Well, would be you've fun. gone too far with that, but I have no desire for them to be elite. Calm yourself. <laughs> well, maybe that was a little strong of a word, but they were a really uh, good program. Uh, well, I just, I do, I do think that they are. Maybe there's better potential there than some people see, because of what they were when we were younger. You know, the Colorado Nebraska games and. Colorado even had some really good basketball teams back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it's a cool campus. It's the Denver market. I don't know. I, I 
Well, I got some nostalgia for Colorado, so I kind of hope that works out for them. I think it will. Colorado and Gonzaga, huh? Maybe they'll be uh, coming in together. It does make you kind of feel like the queen is about to enter the room, doesn't it? I I guess if the queen was entering, we'd have quite a story. Um... Students, seniors to be exact, at a high school in Fort Meade, Maryland, are in trouble. They have pranked their high school last week by attempting to sell it on Zillow. The students at Meade High School listed their school on the real estate website. Price, $42,069. Ha <laughs> Teddy um, Layman's nephew. The listing was advertised as, quote, a complimentary trash-scented air freshener and water issues. Uh, They also described it as a nice half-working jail and said all 15 bathrooms come with sewage issues. And there are dangerous, unfinished sections that could cost you your life. There's a photo of the school. The entire thing is listed on Zillow. You can buy it for $42,000. Somebody <laughs> found it. I don't know. This seems harmless, doesn't it? It's this harmless. harmless. Yes. And that's not like anybody actually bought it. Now they got to, you know, that's kind of a funny senior prank, I think. No harm, no foul. Let the kids go about their lives. Calm down, Assistant Principal Jones. <laughs> Jay, have you been to uh, the Taylor Swift uh, concert tour yet? Uh, no, I have not. No. No. Which one are you going to? Uh, Which uh, one are you flying to? None of those. None of those. Do you know people that have? There is. I don't. There's not an artist alive that I would pay the price that her tickets are. So thousand bucks or so will get you in. Yeah. Upper deck, maybe in one of these football stadiums. Uh, I know that because my daughter is going. In a few weeks in Detroit, her aunt, who lives up there, uh, got tickets when they went on sale for the actual sale price. Like the actual, like they're, they could sell them right now and make thousands of dollars. But she offered one to Chloe, and so Chloe is going up there. Jenny does not have a ticket to the concert. So I was kind of like looking on StubHub, like maybe I could get Jenny a ticket to the concert too. And I was like, oh my God, I don't have <laughs> no, to you're not. sell a kidney or a child or something. But uh, have you seen like the videos or the reels or anything of, of these mostly young women, but in some cases Aaron Rodgers and how emotionally moved they are at these Taylor Swift concerts? I have seen some. There was also a guy that just to get in, he was an accountant, um, and he took a job for one night with a security company to work security, and was ended up by the <laughs> stage. And like so, all night, all he did was dance and cry and stuff. And uh, obviously, he did not care about the job because he was an accountant by trade. But uh, took a job as a security personnel to be in the building. Apparently, many concert goers are reporting that they have experienced the same thing, which is post-concert amnesia. Multiple fans are experiencing amnesia after attending Taylor Swift concerts. Quote, post-concert amnesia is real. Um, Apparently how this works is 
you know, they look forward to it so long. They anticipate so uh, anticipate it so long. Quote, it's hard to put together what you actually witness. You're having all these emotions while your favorite songs are playing, and you're like, wow, where am I? Uh, it's such an emotionally moving thing that they're waking up the next day and they don't remember anything about it. They don't even remember that they went to a concert. I have experienced this. Really? I thought it was the amount of beers that I had consumed at a concert, but now I know I have concert amnesia. Quote, if I didn't have the five-minute video that my friend kindly took of me jamming to Better Man, I probably would have told everyone that it didn't happen. I don't remember anything about it. Um, this is bizarre, huh? No, I, I'm serious. I have had this happen before, and to the point that Katie and I have had discussions about did so-and-so play that song last night? Why didn't they play that song? And, like, we'll be sitting there trying to remember what songs we sang along to and we were a part of during that concert, and we cannot remember at times whether certain songs were played or whether um, we heard them or not. Experts say there's a reason behind this occurrence, and you don't even have to be at a concert for it to take place. Quote, this is not a concert-specific phenomenon. It can happen anytime you're in a highly emotional state. Ewan McNay, an associate professor for the Department of Psychology at the State University of New York. High levels of emotion have a lot to do with feeling of forgetfulness. Boy, wouldn't you be upset if you, like, you got Bronx a $1,000 ticket to a concert and he came back the next day and didn't even remember going? No. No, if it was due to the fact that you enjoyed it that much that you lost your mind for a second. He doesn't remember enjoying it. Doesn't remember enjoying it. That means you enjoyed it more than your brain can even process. I'm fine with that. Because <laughs> I've, I've had it happen, man. I'm... Man, I got to tell you, that's a, that right there emotionally moves me. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to be able to remember this show today after that music. Finally, a pizzeria in New Zealand hey, pizzeria. Is, is offering the unusual proposition for customers to buy now and pay when you die. Oh, yeah, this sounds like it'll this? work out. <laughs> sounds like it'll work out real well. The name of the pizza place, the pizzeria, is Hell Pizza. Uh, the pizzeria is offering 666 customers in New Zealand <laughs> and 666 customers in Australia will be selected for the afterlife pay program, which will delay payments until after you die. Quote, those chosen will be invited to sign a real amendment to their wills, allowing the cost of the pizza to be collected upon death. No interest or fees will apply, and the agreement is legally binding. So if you are one of the 666 selected, you can go to, to Hell Pizza for the rest of your life and eat for no cost, and then they'll just take it out of your will when you pass away. There are going to be some ticked-off uh, kids and grandkids at Grandpa's funeral <laughs> in New Zealand when they go, and they're like, yes, baby. And they're like, uh, how much did we get? Uh, you got $37 because uh, Grandpa owed uh, Hell Pizza $14,000. <laughs> oh, 
It's not a bad idea by the pizza place because obviously they're getting worldwide attention for this. If you right. can live without some money for, you know, because it's, you, you know, the roosters are coming. What, what's the saying? The, the, the cows are, are coming home. The, the roosters, roosters coming are coming to roost. Are sitting yeah. on the roosters. <laughs> At some point, you're getting your money. And that's the news for Wednesday, May 31st. We'll be back on the T-Row in the Morning Show. Did you miss one of our shows? Don't beat yourself up, because we've made it easy for you to beat that Ref Army FOMO. Catch up on shows and interviews you might have missed with the Ref Podcast page. Just go to KREF.com and click on the podcast page. Or go check out your favorite podcast provider and search for KREF, the home of Sooner fans. Here for you 24-7, 365 at the KRF Podcast page. Toby's news was as long as a Taylor Swift concert there, so a very short segment here. Black Thunder Roofing brings you this hour. BlackThunderRoofing.com, 405-473-8028. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. By the way, it's uh, when the the chickens come home to roost. That's what it is. Um, We were really close. Someone calling me out, too, and I did catch myself when I said this. Did TJ just say hear he he," instead of hear ye? I did, and when I said it, I said, why did I say he? Hey, speaking (laughs) words is hard, okay? (laughs) That's why broadcasters get tangled up and then get in trouble. Yeah. Here he, here he. We're living on the edge every day. That's right. And that's it for this segment. What a segment. All right. Top of the hour break. We'll uh, we'll get get into it when we come back. Top of the hour, 8 o'clock.